Sports fans, this is LA Courtside Podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, and I am your host, LA Ray, here to talk today about the Clippers and the Lakers, giving you updates on both since the uh, All Star break. But before I do that, though, I just want to I just want to talk about real briefly about uh, LeBron James and uh, he being now part owner of the Boston Red Sox, uh, which is a, which is a great thing, but it made me go back and think about when was it three or four years ago when LeBron James and Kevin Durant, they were doing a podcast interview with someone and they were asked about Donald Trump. Now I'm not, I'm getting ready to um, make this a political show. It's a sports show. So I'm not talking about Donald Trump specifically. I'm actually talking about Laura Ingraham, who's a, Fox News host. And if you guys remember this, uh, LeBron James and Kevin Durant, they were asked their opinion on where the country is headed. They were asked their opinion on Donald Trump. And just like any other American, they have their right to their opinion. And Laura Ingraham basically said, I'm paraphrasing that you guys, you're millionaire basketball players. No one wants to listen to your opinion on politics. No one solicits your opinion. No one needs your opinion. Just shut up and play. I find it really, really ironic. And also, by the way, she questioned the intelligence of LeBron James. Let's 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 call it what it is, because she mentioned um, him trying to come out of high school after his 11th grade year in high school or something like that. Uh, If you guys don't remember that exact clip, uh, I have a little piece of it right here. Uh, Let's give it a quick listen. Must they run their mouths like that? Unfortunately, a lot of kids and some adults take these ignorant comments seriously. Look, there might be a cautionary lesson in LeBron for kids. This is what happens when you attempt to leave high school a year early to join the NBA. And it's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball. Oh, and LeBron and Kevin, you're great players, but no one voted for you. Millions elected Trump to be their coach. So keep the political commentary to yourself, or as someone once said, shut up and dribble. You all remember those comments. She mentioned ignorant comments just because the man gave his opinion on what was happening back then three or four years ago with the election of uh, President Trump. He's ignorant or is it just because he's a basketball player? He's not supposed to give his opinion on anything like that. He's to just shut up and play basketball. I find it really, really ironic that LeBron James, I'm talking about him specifically now, who has uh, a 12th grade education, let's say. I'm not sure if LeBron James uh, went to taking any college courses after he left high school or anything like that. Uh, in other words, what I'm trying to say uh, the young man is very, very intelligent. You can tell by the way he talks on television while he does these interviews. He's a very, very intelligent guy. 
And I don't know where Laura Ingraham was going. I'm not going to pull the race card out or anything like that. I know a lot of people did because most of the players in the NBA are African-American. But, uh, you know, I was trying not to go there. But anyway, uh, I do find it ironic. Here's a guy who has made multi, multi, multi millions of dollars. He has dozens of businesses. And, uh, you know, he's going to be very, very successful after his basketball career is over, of course. And now he's part owner of the Boston Red Sox. Think about that. Part owner of the Boston Red Sox. So to Laura Ingraham, this is the guy who wanted to leave for the NBA after his 11th grade year in high school. He is the one where you question, you obviously question the man's intelligence. So, uh, you know, if I'm LeBron James, I'm thinking in my head, you know, he's he's going to take the high road. Of course, he hasn't commented on her in the last few years or whatever. There's no even no need to. But, you know, Laura Ingraham. Um, you know, maybe you you should be the one to shut up and continue doing whatever it is you do behind the microphone. And LeBron James would go on to be one of the most successful businessmen uh, as far as a player goes that has retired in the history of the NBA. So I just thought I just wanted to get that out there. I just I find it kind of funny. And I and I did think about that when when I heard that LeBron James um purchased uh part of the Boston Red Sox but anyway let's talk basketball let's talk basketball the LA Lakers uh since the all-star break they've won all three of their games they beat Indiana 105 to 100 I spoke about that on my last podcast episode a few days ago since then on Monday they beat Golden State 128 to 97 and then they also beat uh the Minnesota Timberwolves 137 to 121 one of the players that I want to focus on is Markeith Morris. He's really, really giving them some steady minutes uh, playing in the place of AD. You know, he's not going to score a boatload of points, but he's just been steady. And that's, that's pretty much what they need from him. And another player that I want to focus on in this particular episode here, of course, again, is Trez Harrell. But, and also Kyle Kuzma, of course, because... Again, on Twitter, the Laker fans, it, it must, I don't know why it's such a love hate relationship with Kuzma, but every time I look at the box score, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to expect in this particular game against Golden State. Again, a 128 to 97 victory over the Warriors. Kuzma scored 17 points, seven out of 11 from the field, three out of five from three piece land, plus 26 while he was on the floor in the plus minus column. I mean, what else do you want? You know, he only had five rebounds, and I say that kind of facetiously. He only had five rebounds because normally he's double digits, at least 10, 11, 12 rebounds per game since uh, AD has been out. Uh, in this particular uh, game, LeBron James led them in rebounds with 10. That's not too surprising. He also had a triple-double, by the way. Uh, LeBron James had uh, 11 assists, and he also had a plus 33 while he was on the floor. MVP numbers right there, baby. It just shows how valuable he is to this team. You know, 30 minutes. And I'm glad to see that LeBron James had to only play 30 minutes instead of close to 40 minutes. You know, he had fresh legs in this game. He was 8 out of 13 from the field. 22 points overall. Six turnovers. And again, that's kind of, that's a little concerning, a little troubling. 
Um, his turnover uh, ratio has been a little bit high this year for LeBron James, but not to worry about him. He's going to be ready. By the time the playoffs come, LeBron James will be ready. Not even a question about it. But getting back to Kuzma, uh, Kuzma's been balling lately, man. So Laker fans out there who's been talking about trading Kuzma or, you know, why they signed him to the extension and he's just not good. He's garbage. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Dude is balling. And then let me go to Trez. Trez Harrell. And again, he's another guy. The vitriol on Trez Harrell is just something that I don't understand. But, hey, we're fans and we get to uh, voice our opinion. And that's what folks on Twitter do. And that's okay. But Trez Harrell is showing that um, uh, you need not worry about him in the game against Golden State. 11 out of 14 from the field. He only played 25 minutes in this game. You know, they they had this game in hand with uh, Golden State pretty much from start to finish. But uh, Trez only played 25 minutes, 27 points, 27 big points, 11 out of 14 from the field, five rebounds, three steals. I mean, what do you want fans from this guy? I mean, since he's come over cross court from one locker room to the other in the Staples Center, he's been balling. He's been balling. But yet I still hear that, well, his defense sucks. Can't guard the big guy, you know, or he's too big to guard the small guys. You know, all I see is that the, the guy brings toughness. He brings experience. You know, he can shoot that, that 10, 11, 12 foot little uh, shot in the lane, you know, the little jump hooks that he, that he uh, makes, you know, he gets the alley-oop dunks from the guard. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what else he needs to give, you know, for Laker fans to be happy, but I tell you what, down the stretch, you're going to be glad that you have Trez Harrell on your team. You're definitely going to be glad of that. Now, Contavious Caldwell Pope, KCP, KCP in the house, 14 points in that game. That's good to see. Five out of eight from the field. He only played 21 minutes, but uh, he was three or four from three-piece land, so that is definitely good to see from KCP. They need him to play well. All the Lakers, of course, need to play well. You know, I'm not sure if they're going to, you know, get uh, Andre Drummond or JaVale McGee back or uh, hopefully the Detroit Pistons will be dangling uh, Wayne Ellington out there, the three-point assassin that plays for the Pistons because I think the Lakers can use another three-point shooter coming off that bench. You know, if uh, Dennis Schroeder's not not hitting, uh, and in this particular game he only scored six points, so there's a little concern there. He was 0 for 2 from three-piece land, two out of five overall. If he's not hitting, you know, three-point shots, and if if, uh, KCP is not hitting three-point shots, then the Lakers may be in a little trouble. You know, they'll have to count on Kyle Kuzma coming off that bench, you know, hitting threes. And I think it's a good move to have Kuzma coming off the bench and then putting Markeith Morris in that starting lineup. Marquise Morris, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna get 20 point games out of him and all of that on a consistent basis. This game, he only played 16 minutes and scored seven points, but um, he was a starter um, in place of AD as opposed to Kyle Kuzma, and of course Damian Jones, uh, he's in the starting lineup now, replacing Mark Gasol who is still on COVID protocol. We'll see what happens when he gets back. And again, as I mentioned. You know, we, we're, we'll find out on March 25th whether or not this Drummond thing comes to fruition 
if the Lakers end up getting Drummond and don't have to give up any pieces, you know, if he clears waivers or if he's bought out by Cleveland, he clears waivers. Somehow, some way, he ends up on the Lakers and he gets into that starting lineup. He's going to give you 15 and 15, baby, every game. No doubt about it. 15 and 15 every single game. Now you can bring Mark Gasol off the bench or you can do a combination with Mark Gasol and Damian Jones coming off the bench. Damian Jones, by the way, scored eight points, three or three from the field. Young guy. You know, he runs the court pretty well. You know, he's young. But, um, you know, they, they're forced to play him. They're forced to play him. And, um, you know, see what he does. Uh, also, uh, THT. I think, again, we keep forgetting that this kid is only 20 years old, man. He played 28 minutes in this game, though, 7 out of 10 from the field. 18 points. He was plus 20 while he was on the floor. You know, his productivity or his output, you know, seems to be up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, it's like the stock market. You know, up one day, down the next. Up one day, down the next. You know, he's in one of those, uh, those they call it the uh, tunnel type of stock market where you hit the ceiling and you come down to the floor you hit the ceiling and you come down to the floor and it keeps going over and over again but he's he's gaining a boatload of experience caruso is still out because of concussion protocol but uh hopefully he'll be back soon so the lakers really really played well in this game they they held um well if you say held steph curry he only scored 27 points only Nine out of 17 from the field, four or seven from three-piece land. He played well, though. Wiggins gave them 15 points. Uh, the rest of that uh, team, they didn't do much. Golden State, Oubre only scored 12. Um, they didn't, you know. Uh, Nico Mannion, I call him Carrot Top, you know, scored 10 points. I don't know if you guys saw when he was walking down the court and LeBron James kind of gave him a little friendly little shoulder to the chest of, uh, of Nico Mannion. You know, all you saw was Carrot Top flying, uh, that Carrot Top hairdo of his flying all over the place. That was pretty funny. But the Lakers, you know, very good game against Golden State. You know, Golden State not particularly playing all that well. You know, Lakers took care of them. And that, that's, what they're, that's what they're supposed to do. Um, the next game that the Lakers had was against the uh, Timberwolves. The Timberwolves, not a very, very good team at all. But that's the team in front of you. You know, you should beat the Timberwolves and beat them rather easily. This game ended up being 137 to 121. Absolutely zero defense played in this game. You know, it's like the 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 bull in the ring over there in Spain or the guy with the red cape and the bull is running at him and he just has a red cape and he just moves it to the side. Ole, the Ole defense or the parting of the Red Sea defense. That's what was going on in this particular game. But... You know, the Lakers scored 137 points. You score that many points, you're going to win most of the time. That put the Lakers at 27 and 13, and they're actually tied with Phoenix for uh, for first place. But again, in this particular game, you know, I'm going to focus on Kuzma and Trez. And, of course, LeBron James, of course. A couple more players. Uh, Trez, 11 out of 16 from the field. Six assists. Four rebounds, plus 17. He had 25 points. Like I said, Laker fans, what do you want them to do with him? You still want to trade this guy? I don't, you know, what do you want to do? Uh, Kyle Kuzma, 7 out of 12, 2 of 4 from 3-piece th- uh, land, 16 points. He played well. That's That's what I see pretty much every time I open up the box score or watch the game. That's what uh, Kuzma is giving. 
every single game. Uh, THT, again, had another nice game. Two nice games in a row. 26 minutes played. Six out of nine from the field. 16 points. Kid played well, man. Seven rebounds. Four assists. LeBron James, he did his thing. Blah, blah, blah. Eight of 14 from the field. Four of seven from three-piece land, which tells me he has his legs back. Four out of seven. You know, pretty good. He's driving to the lane with the ferocity that he normally does. 25 points. Uh, 12 rebounds, 12 assists, another triple-double. Two games in a row with a triple-double. And you have Morris in the starting lineup again that gave you 12 points. So, say all that to say that the Lakers, uh, just that little one slight move would put Morris in there. And that starting lineup seems to be working well so far. Now, Anthony Davis should be back in, I would say, three weeks. I wouldn't rush it. I wouldn't rush it. Hey, if they're winning games like this, as long as they keep winning, keep them out. Make sure he is totally healthy before he comes back. Now, and especially if you end up getting somebody like Andre Drummond, or even if you get JaVale McGee or, or Wayne Ellington, that, you know, you enhance this team some sort of way. Keep uh, AD out until he's fully healthy. And in that way, you know, your, your team will be whole, and then you'll be ready to uh, challenge anyone down the stretch, whether it's uh, your, your, your heated rivals, the Clippers, or whether it's the Phoenix Suns, the Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz, who seems to be slowing down just a little bit. So we'll see. The Lakers, uh, as I've always said, will end up 1A and 1B. I still think the Lakers and the Clippers will be the top two teams in the West, and it's my hope that they meet in the Western Conference Finals. And uh, it's, it'll just be a L.A. party, baby. That's what I think is going to happen. So we shall see, but we shall see the Lakers playing pretty well. Uh, my next segment won't be until later on tonight because the Clippers are playing tonight against the Dallas Mavericks again. So I will be watching that game tonight. And once that game is over with, I will give a Clippers update uh, what they've been doing since the All-Star break and then talk about this specific game tonight. So fans... NBA fans, LA fans, stay tuned for that Clipper update against Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Coming up next. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, basketball fans? Especially my L.A. Clipper friends. Boy, isn't technology something? Told you guys I'll be back real quick. And I'm back. Just got through finished watching this uh, L.A. Clipper-Dallas Mavericks game. The second game in a row that the Clippers have played the Mavericks. And this particular game, uh, unlike the first game, uh, Dallas prevailed 105-89. to 16-point pasting by the Dallas Mavericks. And the only thing that you can say in this game is that Luka Doncic pretty much kicked their ass. There's just no other way to put it. No other way to put it. By the way, Luka Doncic is their point guard uh, for you Clipper fans, just so you know that. He is listed as a point guard. And I'm going to get on my soapbox again and say the Clippers need a point guard. I'll get to that in a moment. But Luka. Luka Doncic, 16 out of 28 from the field in 43 minutes. Six out of 11 from three-piece land. 
nine assists. Dude was throwing dimes. Dude was throwing dimes. Plus 29 on the floor when he's in the game in a plus minus column. Score 42 points. Killing him. Killing him. He just kicked ass. It's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Nobody can guard him. Game got a little chippy between him and uh, Terrence Mann. Know what kind of history those two have. Uh, something about a preseason game or something like that. They may have gotten into it, but Terrence Mann, you don't need to be messing with Luca, dude. Dude got plenty of game. He was just unstoppable. Amazing. I don't know why some peep NBA fans don't like him. Um, there's even some Dallas fans. My um, son-in-law, who lives in Dallas, along with my daughter, he lives in Dallas. He's a huge basketball fan. He doesn't like Luka Doncic. I'm like, dude, he's one of the best players in the game. I don't know what it is, but uh, he kills everybody. In that first game on Monday that the Clippers did win, Doncic, he, they kind of held him in check a little bit where he scored, still scored 25 points. He was only 9 or 23 in that game, but he had 16 assists in that game. 16 assists, 10 rebounds, triple-double. This particular game, again, unstoppable. Unstoppable. I also, I, I actually kind of picked the Clippers to win this game on the uh, Clubhouse app in the uh, Clippers audio chat room. Uh, the facilitator was asking who we thought was going to win this game. And I mentioned that if the Clippers, of course, if they played the same way they did on Monday, they would probably win. And I thought they would play the same type of game on uh, Monday where they had seven players uh, in double figures. In this particular game, they only had five. So the wealth wasn't as spread out as it was in that first game. But as far as the Clippers are concerned, Kawhi Leonard you know, he did as much as he could, 9 out of 21. Kind of looked a little tired to me. I still had seven rebounds and seven assists. He's going to give you 110% every time. He played 37 minutes, so I don't know if fatigue is kind of setting in with him or not. He looked a little frustrated. There was a couple of foul calls that he thought he should have gotten and did not get. You know, well, that's par for the course for the NBA. He did end up with 20 points. Um, Marcus Morris, senior, uh, he was only 5 out of 14. And again, in that uh, in in that chat room, uh, one of the participants mentioned that um, they thought Marcus Morris was going to be uh, the key for this particular game anyway, uh, because he has been shooting pretty well since they put him in the lineup in the starting lineup. But he was only one of nine from three piece land. So he did not have the same type of game as he did in the first uh, meeting. But he had seven rebounds, he scored 11 points, but simply not enough. Zubats, um, who's also been placed in the starting lineup um, pretty much because of injury, but they may think about keeping him in the starting lineup and playing him down the stretch. He played pretty well, 7 out of 9 from the field, 14.7 rebounds. Now, well, before I get to Reggie Jackson, let me say Paul George did play a better game this time, 10 out of 20, you know, 50%. So he played uh, pretty well. He played much better. Then he played in that first game on Monday where he only went five out of 18 for 15 points. This particular game, again, he was 10 out of 20, five out of eight from three-piece land. At one point, he had a couple threes in a row in the fourth quarter that pulled the uh, Clippers a little closer, but it was too much Luka down the stretch. They just could not overcome uh, his greatness, and he's a great player. 
let's just not get it twisted. Luka's a great player. Uh, Paul George, again, seven rebounds, five assists. And to Reggie Jackson, not so much even Reggie Jackson, to the point guard situation, I'm going to stay on this soapbox until they get them a damn point guard on this team. Okay? Assists for the Clippers were led by, again, Kawhi Leonard, seven assists. That's nice. That's nice. Paul George, five assists. That's nice. Those two guys aren't point guards. If you're looking for those guys to run the point guard and play on the wing and play down low and play defense and do everything else that they do, the Clippers will not win a championship. I'm telling you now, they will not. They need to pick up someone, even if it's just someone to back up Patrick Beverly. If you think he's going to be the point guard that can lead you to the championship, that's fine. But you need somebody to back him up. Rajon Rondo from Atlanta. You know, maybe Atlanta is ready to buy him out. Uh, you know, some people talk about, um, oh, what's the kid's name from Minnesota? Your name escaped me. Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio. You know, he's a, he's a player that that's, that's a possibility that could get picked up. So they, they need to do something here. Lou Williams is not a point guard either. He's not a point guard. Reggie Jackson only had one assist tonight. Minus 13 on the, in the plus and minus uh, uh, column. He was only two out of eight. Zero of three from three-piece land. Zero of three. Played 19 minutes. Okay, Terrence Mann's not a point guard. You know, he if you ask him to play it, he'll play it. He's not a point guard. And my favorite whipping boy, Luke Kennard. What are you guys going to do with him, Clippers? I read on Twitter, somebody stole my line. Uh, one of the Twitter posters, you can follow me on Twitter at LA Ray Sports. He said uh, Lou Kennard basically stole $64 million from the Clipper organization. Kind of stole my line there. I said that once before. Lou Kennard broke into the Clippers' offices, found Steve Ballmer's office, found where the safe was, had his mask on, opened his safe, took 64 stacks out of there. In the middle of the night, walked out of the offices with 64 million. Here's a guy that just doesn't even play. Coach's decision is absolutely ridiculous. Don't know who made that decision to sign him to that extension, but you're stuck with him. You're not going to trade him. Who's going to take on that contract? You're not going to trade Luke Kennard to anybody. You're not going to even buy him out. You're just going to hope that he somehow finds his groove but I don't think it's going to be this season so you're, you're stuck with that but 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 going back to the Clippers I don't think you know this game I, I probably should have known better it's really hard to beat a team twice a good team two times in a row Dallas is a pretty good team they're 21 and 18 they'll make the playoffs and I think this will be boy this will be a, natch, a nice playoff matchup the Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks because these two teams for whatever reason don't like each other it's kind of chippy out there you know there was a bunch of calls that were not made on each side you know on each side Kawhi Leonard uh, he didn't feel like he was getting calls uh, Chris Stapps I love that guy Chris Stapps Chris Stapps Porzingis you know he got fouled a few times and uh, you know he didn't think he was getting the calls from the ref Paul George he just does not get calls from the ref. I don't know. I don't know what it is with Paul George and the referees. Uh, <clears throat> they don't like him for some reason. I don't know what it is. But he wasn't getting calls either. So these particular teams, when they, you know, when they go up against each other, it's, it's, it's fireworks. 
And I'm just looking forward to them playing each other again. But the uh, the Clippers, they're sitting at 26 and 16. They're still okay. They're still okay. They just, you know, they took it on the chin. They took it on the chin. Again, it's hard to beat a team twice in a row, especially a good team like the uh, Dallas Mavericks. But, you know, what do the Clippers need to do moving forward? You know, I already talked about the point guard situation. I'm not going to belabor that anymore, at least until my next episode anyway. I'll talk about it again. The, the trade deadline is next Thursday, March 25th. Will they go out and get a big man? You know, somebody to help with, uh, you know, with some rebounding, uh, protect the paint. Will they go out and get that point guard that I'm talking about, whether it's Rondo or Rubio or whoever, you know, will they do that? Or will they just stand pat and do nothing? I think that would not be a good move if that's the route that they take. To me, that would just be stubbornness on the part of the Clippers brass if they think that, hey, we'll just roll with what we have. We have two of the best players in the game in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And yes, that is true, especially if they're both on their game, or especially if Paul George is on this game. Kawhi Leonard is much more consistent than Paul George is. But if Paul George is on his game and Kawhi is on his game, yes, the Clippers are a very, very dangerous team. It's the rest of the guys on their team that has to be a little bit more consistent. You, you do have uh, Ibaka that's out uh, injured, and, um, you know, he'll be back soon. So, you know, they'll be whole when, when Ibaka comes back and when Pat Beverly comes back as well. And uh, we'll see what happens, when, you know, when those two guys come back. And they're just going to have to play with more consistency, especially down the stretch in the, in the fourth quarter. It seems like something happens in the fourth quarter, quarter where they get kind of discombobulated and, they, you know, the ball movement is not there like it was in the, um, in the first quarter. Uh, point guard play is not there in the fourth quarter. They rely too much on George and Kawhi Leonard to run offense. And it's just not, you know, it's just not happening for them. It's not happening for them. So if they can get more consistent play in the fourth quarter, I think they'll, can they, can they make the Western Conference Finals? Sure they can with the players that they have. If the, if the basketball guys um, favor them, the Clippers, if the balls bounce their way, sure, sure they can. But it would be a whole lot more easier you know, if they enhance that team, you know, with a couple of small moves, there's going to be some players that's going to be bought out next week. You know, some very good players. So the Clippers should be in the mix. They should be in the mix. They should at least investigate it and see if some of these players can help their team. So, uh, again, once again, they took it on the chin tonight. No big deal. I don't think Dallas is a very good team. The Clippers will bounce back uh, moving forward, and uh, they'll be fine. They'll be in the Western Conference Finals, I think against their heated rivals, the Lakers, the Lake Show, Laker Nation, Clipper Nation against Laker Nation, baby. Can't wait for it. Western Conference Finals, the Battle of L.A. Let's see who will hold the trophy. And L.A. will have a party one way or the other. And the loser will just have to hear it from the winner all winter long until the next season starts, or at least all summer long until the next season starts. So, with that, folks, I'm going to leave it right there. I'd like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network 
for putting on this show. And for most of all, or most of all, I'd like to thank the fans, you fans, for listening to my show. And uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you on the other side. And with that, I am signing off. Peace.